appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks very much. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you got involved with uh, Kratom and Kratom Advocacy. Uh, my name's John Griggs, and um, I worked in law enforcement for years. I'm still kind of quasi-law enforcement, just in a private, kind of a private sector now. Um, but I basically only do government, government jobs and stuff for government entities. Some private stuff I will take on, but the government, you know, they... They pay the bills, so yep. it's guaranteed. They have the money, so um, might as well take advantage of it. They take advantage of us, so hey, <laughs> it, it's my time to do it. Um, I started working in law enforcement in 2006. I was 21 years old, um, really young. They probably shouldn't have done that at 21 years old, but I lived in a very um, economically depressed area, so... They took who they could get, I guess. So um, did that for years. Um, went from being a police officer to, but it actually paid to work in the prison system. So, and the benefits were all right. So I started working at a maximum security prison, left that, went back to being a cop at a different area. It paid better. And then went back to the prison system as a uh, investigator this time and then ended up getting attached to a multi-agency gang task force uh in st louis missouri which was absolutely just mind-blowing and one hell of an experience let me tell you st louis is the most dangerous city in the country and it's like that for a reason the um task force i was on was uh probation parole um it was investigators like me, police officers. Um, There's just a, a hodgepodge of people who had experience with gangs. And I just took a big interest in gangs and was sending myself, paying out of pocket, going to classes. So I ended up taking that unit over. Um, so I had a lot of freedom to investigate, move around and do things. So I would jump from one probation parole office to the other and, talk to people and my main office was in a prison. So I started noticing some bad things happening. They had this particular prison. A lot of inmates were sent there for their treatment program because they were supposed to have state of the art drug treatment, substance, substance abuse treatment. Well, it was so, uh, everybody wanted to go there because they would go there. The corrections officers were bringing dope into them and selling it to them and it was no like we didn't know that but it was a it was a known thing among inmates oh my goodness uh, yeah you had department of corrections personnel that were preying upon people with substance abuse disorders in prison so um yeah they were selling drugs so i blew the whistle on it ended up uh getting stabbed at work times yeah it was uh it it was an experience i got demoted um what just for just for speaking out yeah i'd actually contacted my state representative who happened to be the uh chairman of an oversight committee so we went and met and um you know this guy was a politician he's not a law enforcement officer so what what does he do he starts notifying these different agencies the word gets back around. Um, they end up 
confiscating my laptop. They end up getting into my email and they find the letters that, that I was writing on all that. So I got demoted and they, it took them, took them six months to come up with good stuff to fire me, but I eventually got fired and sued and I won a nice lawsuit. Um, the lawsuit was a big win for me. I mean, I won a decent amount of money. It wasn't about the money. It was about, um, you know, vindicating myself and clearing my name and having the people who knew that this drug stuff was going on. They tried to keep it quiet. That was the whole thing. They didn't want to look bad. So they tried to keep the whole situation quiet. They wouldn't charge any of these people. They would just fire them and get them out the door. So, um, yeah, I won the lawsuit, which was a big victory. And I was like, I'm out of St. Louis. I'm going home to, to yeah. Kentucky. But during this whole <laughs> ordeal, I got hurt in 2016 in an ATV accident on a side-by-side and broke six bones in my face and um, was on oxycodone and hydrocodone for quite a while. And my doctor was like, hey, we got to start. After a year, was like, hey, we got to start coming off of all this stuff. So I did. I found Kratom and I was like, wow, this not only works for this not only works for the pain that I'm still having in the mornings. My sinuses are still messed up from that uh, accident. So um, I was like, this works for post-traumatic stress. This this gets me out of bed. This makes me not want to lay in bed all day long and just like waller in sadness. I get up. I do things. I'm out the door. Um, I'm productive again. So Kratom was just a life changing plant for me. And, and I say that, you know, some people can hear that and they're like, oh yeah. Uh, okay. But I say that I mean it because I was in such a depressive state where I had contemplated suicide multiple times. The only reason I didn't commit suicide is because, um, I was like, who's going to take care of my dog? So, yeah, it was a very rough time in my life. Um, when I lost my job, I um, was so close to living in my car. It was just a terrible time. And Kratom actually helped me through that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and you got, a, you got a, a wild story. I didn't know all of that about you. Um, and and it, it's... When you when you hear that, and people who are advocates right now for for Kratom, and we we were calling, we're emailing senators, and we're trying to take meetings with congressmen and different things like that, and uh, to get you know the issues out there so they understand what exactly is this plant, because the majority of representatives that I've spoken to myself don't know. But when you tell me the story of how you called the representative and. And then all of a sudden he starts calling all these other guys and it looks like you're, you're trying to um, put a, a stick in the wheel of a finely tuned machine that they had going on in that, in that prison. Um, there's no, there's no telling um, who was connected in all of that. And that brings us to the point of the FDA, big pharma and all these, you know, organizations and government factions that are definitely against this plant. And they, they do have um, uh, an inside agenda as to what, you know, stays and what goes. And 
they they're definitely trying to stop kratom. They couldn't ban it on a world level with the World Health Organization. They couldn't ban it on a federal level, the American government. And so now what they're doing is they're going state by state and trying to ban it. Uh, now, thankfully, we've we've had a small reprieve. You know, we don't we're not fighting as much because there. What was it? Two or three months ago, it seemed like different cities were uh, implementing bans or uh, preparing to ban this plant. And um, so, you know, it's got to be something in there. And I have no definitive proof of that other than um, there's millions of people that are, you know, using kratom instead of drugs. They're using kratom instead of methadone and suboxone and things of that nature. When you you spoke about coming off of the uh, the opiates uh, for when you you messed up your face, um, how how was that? What 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 was the timeline there? Did you did that overlap with opiates and and kratom, or did you come off the opiates and then you you found the kratom? How how does that work? Because a lot of my customers are interested, and and I, I've got people in my town here that are like, well, I'm still you know kind of doing this other stuff. Should I do this kratom at the same time? And I'm all and I always say no. Uh, you need to wait. But what what was what was your story there? It was uh, it was kind of interesting. So I was telling my friend about it. I was like, man, I'm coming off of these coming off of these heavy narcotics. I don't know what to do because I'm still hurting. And well, they they'd offered me tramadol, and that's that's just not something I'm interested in. I researched it. I found out that it was an SNRI. That is and one of the worst ones, man. It sure is. It sure is. And I refuse to do it. So I was talking to my friend and he's like, I've heard about this stuff. You should maybe give this a try. So it's like, well, where the heck do I get it at? <clears throat> where do I get it? So I went to a, uh, went to a head shop. There it was. And I tried it out. It was back then. It was, um, I can tell you it was herbal salvation. That's what it was, Herbal Salvation. So I bought that, and I still had I still had one. Um, she had written one more prescription, so I was like, "Let me give this a try." So I asked the guy, "How much do I take?" And he's like, "It's it's all dependent on you, but I would start with a couple capsules." So I did. I took like five of them. I was like, "Wow, this is um, this is completely different than the pills because the pills." they made me dis disassociative and yeah. the kratom didn't do that. It didn't make me disassociative at all. And the pressure that I had in my face was, was gone. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel the dull, the dull pressure. So that was, I was like, wow, this actually works. So I went back and the stuff was expensive in that shop. And I said, how much of this can you sell to me? He's like, however much you want. So I bought as much as I could afford. And I was using the um, the capsules. I didn't know about the powder. I didn't know anything about that. I used the yeah. capsules for months until I found out about the powder through research. But I would um, I would take the Kratom twice a day. And then I would still take one of the... Uh, one of the hydrocodones at that point because I didn't know how any of this stuff worked. I didn't know that I could just stop it and take the Kratom by itself. So I used the rest of those and just transitioned into Kratom. And 
even my girlfriend at the time, she was like, you're like, you're happy. I don't think I've ever seen you happy ever. Yeah. And that, that's the key there. Um, and again, uh, if, if you're listening to this and you're considering, you know, trying this plan out for the first time, we don't recommend uh, using this alongside other harsh drugs. Um, and I understand John here, he just didn't know. And uh, when, whenever I first uh, tried it, I didn't know. But we have, we have experts now that, that are telling you, if you'll just stop the other stuff, wait a day or so, uh, and then, then start this. Uh, and, and be careful because you're, you're, you know your body. Um, but this is John's personal story. This is not a, uh, a medical consultation whatsoever. But what you're explaining, John, and what my experience that I went through is essentially the same. We took different paths, it sounds like, but it's essentially the same. We ended up at the result of this plant is amazing. Um, it's, it's helping it, whenever I came off drugs. I went into a very dark depression because I didn't have those things. The serotonin uh, stops when you are using drugs. And so when I stopped using the drugs, you know, I didn't. So the Kratom actually helped me with depression, anxiety, and of course, those withdrawals, which is my personal story. So for people like us who are enjoying this plant on, on a regular basis, um, there, are, there are things and people and groups that are trying to keep this legal. If, if you're brand new to this, um, it's a constant fight to uh, keep Kratom legal in each individual state. And we want to talk about that. And, and I sent you uh, last night, I sent you a... Um, uh, a tweet, and I'm going to throw this backstory out for you. Um, I, I, I'm, we're at Botanical Fam on Twitter, and so I was going to talk about the KCPA, which is called the Kratom Consumer Protection Act. And essentially, uh, the Kratom Consumer Protection Act it kind of it 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 protects the consumer uh, from adulterated kratom substances. Okay. And so we don't want we don't want anything in this natural plant. And long story, but whenever I first started trying kratom, the uh, the, the individual that I was getting it off of was, you know, contaminating this with other things. I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, but you want to make sure there's a long list of things that that needs to happen. And so this KCPA or the Kratom Consumer Protection Act is. A, a good thing for the entire country, all the cities that's, and states within this country. And so I want you to understand that I'm not against the KCPA. And this is what I want to talk to you about. So last night I sent John a tweet that I was going to tweet and then I decided against it. I was like, let's talk about this today. So here's the tweet. Um, again, the KCPA is a great start to keep Kratom safe for everyone. But I said this, but for now... The KCPA is just the first step. For instance, West Virginia, as everyone knows, probably has allowed the KCPA legislation into their state. But they did they did so with a stipulation uh, that says there shouldn't be any accidents uh, in the state of West Virginia while this legislation is here. And if there were, then they're going to revisit um, the entire bill. So. Uh, this is where I want to get to. In in your opinion, 
how does the KCPA police every vendor in every city in, in every state to keep accidents from happening? If you're looking for high-quality, lab-tested Kratom tea, then look no further than thekratomfamily.com. I've got over 20 years experience in Kratom tea and the Kratom tea industry, and we'd like to invite you to head over to the site today and use code NEWBIE at checkout to receive 10% off your first purchase. We appreciate all of our customers, and head over to thekratomfamily.com today. Now back to the show. And so I understand we, we all want unadulterated Kratom. We want to see lab reports. But there's always going to be those three to four guys that's, that's selling Kratom out of their kitchen and possibly putting something in it. And the KCPA, in my opinion, isn't big enough to police everyone yet. What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I'll tell you, I am... Um it's kind of a conflicting nature within myself with police um, because I've seen them. I've been around them. I'm not anti-police whatsoever. My brother's a police supervisor. Um, he, uh, a couple years younger than me and kind of followed along the same path. So I'm not, I want to preface this by saying I'm not anti-police at all. I still work with law enforcement um, on a very intimate level. That being said, I am all for personal freedom, personal liberty, and personal choices, especially behind your your closed doors. Um, there are, I mean, we're Americans, you know. We we freedom is something that was inherently given to given to us at birth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that we derive we derive all of this. God-given rights, all of that. So I, I take that serious. I believe in the Constitution. It's, it's, I just, I love it. So there are people out there that are like me. I don't know if you know this, but I own that small batch Kratom sub on Reddit. So I get a good feel for who all, you know, we use the term pop-up vendors. Yeah. There have been multiple pop-up vendors that have snuck in and that have tried to get started on their own. You know, they get started in their kitchen. We caught a guy, um, Mitra Extracts, which was out of Virginia. And Virginia just got a KCPA um, that was putting things, putting research chemicals into, um, uh, into the Kratom. Yeah. So that got around that got back to me i did a controlled buy on it which is insane you know you're talking about controlled buys with kratom yeah. did a controlled buy with it and got the uh, got the substance and uh multiple people got sick some people went to the hospital now you had it tested didn't you yes well that was enough yeah that was a uh, another one that was a uh, oh. mitt monster yes um so Mint Monster had placed uh, a PCP analog in it. So I sent a guy a test kit and I gave him instructions on it and he tested it and it came back positive for, uh, it was PCP analogs. So yeah, that guy actually ended up having a warrant out of New Jersey. So I contacted him and said, if you ever pop up ever again, because there was no way to prosecute it. There's no way to prosecute that thing because that was, uh, was legal to do. So 
there are people out there watching, you know, we're watching and the KCPA, um, my biggest fear with that type of thing is over-regulation. Um, personally, I'm not a fan of regulation, really. Um, I believe that a lot of regulations should be lifted. I think that we still need stuff like the EPA and, and all these, you know, entities like that. But I believe that some areas are over-regulated and they're over-regulated for big corporations because in the marijuana industry, um, we've got medical marijuana here in Kentucky. I own an armed security company. I try to get into it myself. I know that I can do personally a much better job than these huge security companies who will just hire whoever they want. Um, they pay them $11 an hour. They got mustard stains on their shirts. They go into work. They don't care what they're doing. Everybody's seen that type of security before. That's not me. That's not what I do. That's not what I hire. So it would have taken me $100,000 minimum bond to put up to get into the dispensary just to do security, just to do the transports on the money, just to do the um, basic security type things. So that is so overregulated, that industry, for the marijuana sellers. They are so regulated. You have to be a massive company like Rhythm or, or um, can or canna whatever so i worry about that with kcpa that some states will take it to the avenue of revenue collecting for the state well you're going to need a fifty thousand dollar bond they're going to tie it into the marijuana industry i worry about that yeah. um that would be where they and i just saw on indeed where they were hiring for regulation, regulatory officers for the state of West Virginia. And they're hiring multiple of those. So to answer your question, um, it's going to be a hell of a lot of government work that is involved in this. And the government is not always our friend. Um, now, the only regulation that I'm kind of on board with is this Kratom because we have to keep the bad actors out. Um, it's a totally different area than cannabis because, you know, you will have those pop-up vendors that will jump in and, um, and try to make a quick buck and do whatever they can to do that. You know, like you said, we all want the lab tested safe Kratom. It's something that we have to have and we have to have it to keep it legal. I'm not against the KCPA either, but I believe that in order to have the clean, safe Kratom, uh, it's going to take a lot of work for everybody in these KCPA states. Um, I don't really know what the answer is. I know that over-regulation is going to hurt. Um, it's going to hurt a lot of people that are vendors, but I'm not yeah. against it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I don't, I don't want a lot of government control in, in this as well. Um, I agree with everything that you said. I, I also believe that that it should be regulated to 21. Um, I believe it shouldn't be contaminated. But again, is the KCPA promising something they can't deliver on at this stage in the game where we are still small? It's possible that the American Kratom Association could do like a sub company and you know privatize this thing and just hire a bunch of auditors and inspectors 
to come out and you'd have to, you know, maybe sign up if, if you're a new business, somehow or another sign up. But, but again, how do you do that without some type of government regulation? And then that's what we kind of want to keep away from this. But then we have to have it. It's a catch 22 sort of deal, because how, how do we know unless somebody is, you know, I don't know if somebody in Northern Virginia is actually, you know, doing the right thing or if they're if they're packing my kratom in a clean room or if they're not putting anything in it other than what I see on the lab reports or, you know, their promises. And you we have to rely on these this KCPA in a sense that, you know, we're promising something. I think we're promising something too big to these representatives because the very first thing these guys want to go to is, oh, Kratom's killed all kinds of people, but they won't they won't look at the science and the autopsies where Kratom was just one substance in, in a long list of other substances that were found in the body, but it gets the blame every time. And so when that happens, because the government hates Kratom, they're going to blame it on Kratom. So do we really want that inside of this industry? Right, right. I totally agree with you there. The The other side of the coin is, and this is always going to be a consistent problem, is you have treatment centers. You have treatment centers that are set up for profit. Um, that is what they want. They want they want you to go in there, even you know, with your insurance. It's 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 a huge it's a huge money making. Uh, thing and in the state of Kentucky, and I'm sure it's the exact same where you are. We had such a bad opioid problem in this state, and it was our own government that let it get out of control. That there was no, there's more oversight with Kratom than there was with uh, with pain clinics. We were having people that were getting bussed to Kentucky from Florida. They were getting bussed up here from Florida and they were going to these pain clinics. And it was, if you could walk and you could speak and you could get in there, they were giving you Oxycontin. They were giving you Roxycodone. All you had to do was walk and breathe. That was it. And they gave out so much of this stuff. They created this problem in the state. Fentanyl was unheard. It was unheard of. Yeah, I'd never heard of it before. You know, a couple of years ago. Exactly, yeah. it was yeah. unheard of. They they got as many people. So when they tried to ban in Kentucky, that's one of the things I called a state representative and said, "Hey, uh, I'm former law enforcement. I'm medically retired. Um, I would like to have a speaking spot on this kratom ban." This was <laughs> last year. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, man. We'd love for you to get up there and talk. We're going to give you a five-minute speaking spot. And I said, hey, I got an employee of mine who retired from probation and parole. He's got a messed up back. He'd like to talk, too. Well, (laughs) a little bit before that, one of the legislative assistants got a hold of me and said, hey, uh, Representative so-and-so was wondering, um, what's that five-minute spot? Just a couple highlights. And so she caught me off guard. I was kind of him hawing and everything. So I think they figured out that I wasn't against Kratom. I was for it. So they canceled that speaking spot for me and a friend of mine. And um, and the, the bill got shelved. And I don't think it was because of that. But um, we were fully prepared to go up to that house floor and speak about the benefits instead of the uh, 
what they perceive as dangers. And you're right about Kratom gets banned or gets the blame every time. Suicide by hanging by the neck. The guy yeah. who shot himself and they found Kratom in a system. You know, we could tie that into other things that the government puts off on, but um, that's a different conversation. So. Yeah. It's always going to be under the microscope and under that because you have so many competing interests. You have big pharma. That's the one of the biggest, worst problems that we have in this country is big pharma. The other one is these treatment centers. We caught them red-handed in the state of Louisiana. Um, we looked into it. There were one of the guys who was trying to ban it, the parish president, ended up taking uh, well, his brother, the sheriff, is the one who went to him and said, let's ban, we need to ban the Kratom. So 10 minutes of research, 10 minutes of digging. If you know where to look, go to the right spot, you go to campaign contributions and type in a name. And guess what? We found a treatment center, LifeHouse, had given the sheriff $7,000. And it was one of those was very recent. So... Hmm. I wonder then, what the incentive was to sure. ban. Yeah, and and that's what's going on. Uh, you know that what you're what you're talking about was kind of a smaller scale, smaller city parish, whatever. But that's also going on in Congress and the Senate and the big pharma. They spend more money on lobbyists every year uh, than any other company in the country. And like you were talking about the. Um, the um, opioid epidemic, how they caused this. And I believe, it, I agree with you that they did cause this uh, in my, in my town. And it, it, Paducah is still a cold town. Uh, it's your kind of West for it, but there's still coal in Paducah. But in my town here in Virginia, um, they were really pushing for the Oxycontins and all this stuff, the pain clinics, uh, these coal miners are going in and getting hurt. They bring them through, hurt them through like cattle. And then all of a sudden now you see uh, pain doctors are taking people off medications because um, they're wanting to push these pain clinics, not, not excuse not pain clinics, but these addiction clinics um, and methadone and suboxone. They've got something else that they want to push on us. And right now, I believe Kratom is standing in the way of that agenda because people like me, instead of taking methadone, um, I decided to try Kratom and I've been in the methadone clinics. I know how that is getting up at five o'clock every morning, standing in line, you know, 50, 60 people in line having my $12, which that's what it was 20 years ago. I don't know how much it is now, but, uh, having my 12 bucks and get my little methadone drink and go about my day and do that every day. It, it stinks. And when this was given to me, Kratom was given to me and it worked. And it, and it had all the benefits that I needed it to have for my life. I'm not going to go do that. You know, who wants to go get up? I didn't have to go to work. I didn't have to be at work till eight. Why, why do I want to get up at five o'clock and do this? And so um, it was just a better alternative for me as it is for millions of other Americans in the country. And these addiction clinics, like you were talking about the one in Louisiana, they have a, a, a backdoor agenda within this because people are going to be addicted until the end of time. Addiction will be a problem in this country, in these cities and towns and states all across the country. Addiction will be a problem and this will be a constant fight. I don't know if this fight will ever end. I don't. 
I'm not sure. Anyway. You're right. Um, you're right. The, uh, uh, yeah, the methadone is, that's terrible because I've known many people who, you like you said, five o'clock in the morning. And then if you miss it, if you miss it, you're, yeah, you're done. If something yeah. happened and it's imagine that we live in the United States. Imagine there's 50 people in line. You know, it's, I've never seen any documentaries on that. I've never seen any, any huge, you know, dateline. Uh, I've never, they like to focus on a lot of other things. I've never seen any investigative reporting and blown out of any of these treatment centers. And it all comes back to what you said. It is the biggest run, um, paid for lobby group in the country period. Yeah. And it would be nice. I saw this meme the other day. It was funny, but it was true. It would be nice to when the representatives would get up to speak, you know, your congressmen, your senators, or even councilmen, uh, that they would have to wear a jacket with with the names of all their sponsors on the jacket. You know, the, that way, you know, where they're really coming from. I believe that would open the, the eyes of a lot of people. So that's just funny. That was funny. But it's true. Um, you you host a show with the Kratom guy, which is Mike Overstreet. Um, it is on Twitter Spaces every Wednesday at four o'clock. I want to make sure I give you guys a plug. What else uh, do you want to talk about? Maybe plug and let us know about before we before we quit. Yeah, um, we do that every single Wednesday. Uh, I'm try try to be there. We've got Misty; she co-hosts as well, and um, Brian Gallagher. Um, we'll get all that out there to them. I appreciate you coming on the show today, John. Um, you've got the Twitter space uh, for at 4 p.m. every Wednesday. That's 4 p.m. Eastern, I believe. You, you've got the uh, donation, the GoFundMe. Um, you want to give us a final thought and we'll head out. Yeah, um, I really uh, appreciate you having me on. It's uh, I think we're both very like minded and uh, come from the same place, essentially um, to, to the audience. You know, just everybody. Um, just keep push pushing forward. We've made a heck of a lot of progress and, you know, we have a bright future ahead of us, but just stay the course. That's right. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week.